0: Hey there, Jets fans. Welcome back to yet another episode of the Jet centric podcast. My name is AJ, and I am here with Ryan, my twin brother, um, from another mother. And uh, we're going to, you know what, we, we got two games that we haven't talked about yet. We had the Washington game that happened on Wednesday. And we also had the game uh, tonight, or I guess uh, yesterday. Now it's uh, early in the morning uh, between the Winnipeg Jets and the Buffalo Sabres. So, uh <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna. We're gonna go in reverse order because I was at the game tonight, Ryan, and so I want to share a bit about the game just because uh, it's the freshest in my mind. And uh, did, were, were you able to watch uh, the game tonight or no? I didn't even talk to about this before we started recording. Did you watch or no?
1: Yeah, I watched it. Okay, and, uh, all
0: right. That's a good start. Not only
1: from a different mother, but a different father as well. But we're still twin brothers. It's, it's fine.
0: Yeah. <laughs> There's picture, picture proof of this. Um, yeah, so, so you did watch the game. Well, that's good because there's only two of us. So hopefully uh, between the two of us, we should have both probably watched the game. It, would, it wouldn't make sense for us to be doing this. Okay, so I'm going to tell you about this game. So um, in the first period, just kind of fun little thing. I'm sitting up in my seats in 322, and uh, I, get a, 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 I saw a tweet from Nick Lynam, friend of the show, Nick Lynam. Um, was almost on the show one time. Anyhow, so Nick uh, tweeted out something like, I just realized that I had tickets to the game tonight, and uh, now it's too late. So then I sent him a, a private DM on, on the Twitter machine and said, you know what, you should uh, still come down. I, uh, I said, there's still lots of time. It's still in the, the first period. So it was around 745, 750. And I said, and there's picture proof of this. I said, you should still come down because the game is going to a shootout. And it's going to go to 15 shooters. This isn't the first period I predicted this. All right? And uh, so then later on, in the, the one of the intermissions ran into a friend of the show, contributor of the show, uh, Chris Mackling. He was uh, upstairs. He had a friend in from Florida. So we ran into him in the hallway and John Malloy, who's been on the show before, too, of Jet's Nation, and also uh, Richard uh, and Hank. Uh, Medeiros Richard is the one that designer our logo so the bunch of us were all hanging around there and we're like oh wow, it's been a pretty good game like pretty fast and stuff you know and we're talking about some of the, the goods and even saying like even a little bit of bad stuff seemed like it's a bit of a wash because there was like some really nice you know uh con- continued pressure which I'm sure we'll get into a bit and I said but you know what we're we're up on nothing I believe in the second I think we were still up on nothing at that time and I said uh you guys uh you know how this ends, though, right? And we all just kind of looked at each other like, yeah, 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 we know how this ends. And I said, yeah, it goes to a shootout and we lose. <laughs> and everyone just kind of laughed and was like, no, but seriously, it's this, we're, we're definitely losing this game. And we we're like, yeah, well, at least we sort of had the first two periods. And we all just kind of had a little chuckle and then, you know, it's time to go back to our seats. So, anyhow, the game, again, I'm working in reverse order here. The game did go to a shootout and it went to 14 shooters. And, in the first period I predicted it was going to shoot out, and it was going to go to 15 shooters, and I also predicted that we lost so i'm uh, I just want to pat myself a little bit on the back there because that's a that's a pretty bold prediction so um you can thank me for the jets uh the jets losing so sorry Ryan.
1: <laughs> well, thanks for the loss a j
0: yeah well you're welcome, and the low score can be attributed to uh Cassie of J- jet station because she was on uh, we recorded and she predicted a high scoring game so and she said because she predicted a high or uh, figured a high scoring game, it'll likely be a low scoring game, so that's exactly what what it was anyhow, talking about the game it was low scoring ryan uh, didn't you find that in the first you know period and two like this didn't seem like it was gearing up to be a low scoring event It seemed like the jets were putting on. Quite a bit of pressure and getting quite a few shots towards ish the net. Um, what did you, what did you see out there from uh, Port Prairie? It
1: was a weird game. I, I in the first period I thought that we were very slow. Well, both teams are very slow. It was, it was a boring game, front and back. But in the first period, I thought that we were the worst team. But yet we outshot Buffalo 12-4. Yeah. And then that carried over to the rest of the game where I thought we outplayed in the second or third, but they outshot us 26-13 to 13 in those final two periods together.
0: Yeah, I think I was uh, – you might know better, but I think it was Ken Weed that tweeted out something like the Jets were shot without a shot for like 17 minutes or something, or it was shot on net maybe. What it was – I was I – I didn't realize it was so long, but it definitely seemed to slow down from a crazy pace they were keeping up at first to just slowing down to the snail's pace of, of uh, yeah, just actually getting some shots towards the net. Do you, do you Buffalo, know
1: Buffalo Sorry, I was going to say, Buffalo just shot Winnipeg down at times when they crossed the blue line. It wasn't Needs' own trap, but it seemed as soon as they – cross that blue line it was kind of that thing where they converge on all of our players and just turned it over and then dumped it back onto a neutral zone and they would kind of make a break towards our zone um it was a really weird game like uh all the games this year it was just it was exciting but slow at the same time and then it it turned around and became fast and boring <laughs> i i know what to make of this tonight and I have the same feeling as you that this thing's going to go to a shootout, and who knows what's going to happen from there. I, I I don't feel like the talent was put on display because the the defense was weird on both sides. I don't know. It, it's hard to make sense out of this one at all. I don't think they played terrible. There was nothing that stood out in this game, which I I tweeted out earlier was there was nothing that stood out in this game from the Jets that made them look terrible. There was no individual player that made a horrible play. And usually after every game so far this season there is one of those where you question it and you talk about it. And yeah. you talk about it, then you talk about it. But right. that didn't happen tonight. It was both teams were just very passive. And I think that's how we got to a, a shootout especially after seven rounds it's very passive
0: yeah i think uh the one thing that i would say there was two mistakes i think it was truba and buff for sure i think they each had one of their real crazy errant pass that was right across the middle or to the stick of another player um i don't remember exactly where they were at age but they they both uh had one but yeah i agree it wasn't like um uh, there was some real standout or stuff but you know, I thought the TLC line was pretty underwhelming. They didn't I've I've haven't thought highly of that group together all year that they've been well, actually that's not true. At the beginning of the season I guess they were all right. But uh yeah, I didn't I didn't think they were they were very good tonight. But yet they still seem to keep getting shifts. I think there was a point in the third period where they were on and then they there was a whistle. They came off and um Shifley, Shifley's line went out there. And then they came off, and I'm pretty sure that TLC line went back out there again, when clearly if you wanted to get some kind of more dangerous looks, it seems like at that point, instead of running that, quote-unquote, third line, uh, you should have been running, again, quote-unquote, fourth line of pro and uh and, and Rosovic because it, it just seems like they were much more dangerous. They had a great possession, and, I mean, the shots at those lines – put towards net, I think we're like two, maybe two per per, per line. But just what that Patan-Roslavik uh, pro line seemed to be able to, to do and create seemed like there was a better chance that they would do something actually dangerous where I find that TLC line might be good at shutting teams down in our end and they might be, you know, pretty good at keeping the team pinned in their other end or passing around. But it feels like nothing else ever, ever happens. It just they're in their end, but there's never a shot or really dangerous opportunities unless you know something unusual happens where like Tanev, you know goes all the way behind the net and then comes around you know the other side and, and manages to get a shot off. You know where he just loses defender by using some speed and kind of keeping them to the inside, go outside on them and uh, get something off. But yeah, that that, that line just uh, really really underwhelmed me. I thought the, the other lines were. We're all much much better and would like to see about two minutes cut off of their ice time and add to that uh, fourth line. Well,
1: that fourth line they had, like, the 10-minute 8.40. Roswell, they had seven and Perot had 8.46.
0: Yeah.
1: They were the most exciting line tonight, I think. Like, when they got their chances, they were flying out there. They were making the puck move. They were in the offensive zone doing things. But when you... I think when the team has been successful this year, in the last few games we've noticed they've been playing a lot better, more as a team. They've been evening out the ice time a lot more. And then tonight they kind of took a step back on that. You don't play that fourth line eight minutes. They're way too talented to only play them eight minutes. Yeah. The 10 looked great again. Um, Rogelbeck, I think it was in the third period, he put on a display of stick-handling skills and just wowed me. Mm-hmm. And and Pro just drives drives the play. I don't understand why you limit the race time. And it hurt the team in the end, maybe? I, I don't know. Who knows? They, again, it was a weird game, so you don't know how it was going to end up. But I think you want to even out those those minutes because, like, and 25 minutes. Or sorry, I should be talking about forward, But uh, Wheeler, had 21 minutes. Uh, Shapley 22 minutes. Connor, 19 minutes. I think you can cut that down a bit. Yeah. And give that to that fourth line. That's very very talented. And when you've given them a, the ice time, they look great out there.
0: Yeah, it's it, it's a little bit mind-boggling. Except, you know, for those of us, or uh, those of you who know, kind of what we. Think about Maurice and some of his decision-making. Sometimes it is questionable. Um, I'm just uh, pulling up the stats for it was the Washington game was actually the game that they had the big dip. So the last game, Patan had four minutes. Uh, Perot had nine and a half, and Rosovic had uh, just under six. But I think it was a New Jersey game where they uh, were closer closer to 10. I mean, ideally, if people want to know when people are complaining about the, the line or the time on ice, uh, especially with regards to forwards, I think the ideal is, obviously, if you have all kind of good good lines like the Jets do, um, that everybody would be under 20 minutes and everybody would be over 10 minutes. If you can kind of run like that and have talent through your lineup and have some good chemistry going, I think that's a big thing. So even if you feel like the lineup isn't ideal, at least if you can kind of get those minutes up. And, and today was a game – I mean, the Jets had – what one penalty? And uh, I think Truba might have had the only penalty of the game for the Jets, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, it's not. No, like... they
1: they had a few.
0: Did they? Who's the other one? Yeah. Uh... Now, now you got me thinking, because uh, again, I was at the game. This, you know, what for those who um, don't uh, like fancy stats, I was at the game and I don't even remember what happened. <laughs> so. You know why you, you care about stats is because um, when someone actually marks it down and it gets cross-referenced, um, it will remember better than your own mind. So I was at the game and I don't even remember what happened. So.
1: Well, Ewers, had a tripping penalty. In the oh, right
0: that's right. Yes, yes, you're right. Uh, yeah, and then Truba, and then.
1: Truba interference against. Uh,
0: and yeah, and Tanev. Skinner
1: halfway through the second, and then Tana at the end of the second and yeah. holding penalty against Ristolainen. That's right. But I, I uh, guess my third.
0: Yeah, but I guess my point was it wasn't a game marred by penalties. I mean so there's there's no. three penalties but it wasn't like those ones where uh, you start looking at time and ice and you're like, Okay, who played a ton of uh power play time? Who played a ton of, you know, uh, penalty kill time because if you take a bunch or if you, the other team takes a bunch, right, that you get those games where all the time on ice is weird because of who you're on your special teams. But today wasn't really like that, so it, it feels like it could have been pretty easy to um just within the flow of the game to have that fourth line, like you said, just kind of get it get a bit more minutes. But yeah, it was it was a weird game. It definitely felt like the Jets. um I think they probably had I'm going to guess maybe five times where they were able to sustain pressure in the other end just creating chance after chance keep it in the zone um you know for like a minute minute and a half straight it felt like um so that was really fun except when you don't convert on those those are definitely the ones where you're like uh just wondering this is not our day <laughs> and well
1: this... they they are gold that's it yeah that team was, was on his game and i think that's that's what it comes down to. I don't think that's quite a bad game. Anything like that. They they put a better effort in than we've seen previously, maybe not against uh, Washington, but they, they make the same pressure at times and they start goalie. That's that's all it is. It yeah. it seems like a Vegas series, right? Like they yeah. they had time they controlled the play and just the goalie stood on his head.
0: Yeah. yeah. For- for sure, and he was Hutton was first star of the game too. So I know that's not a a measurable thing, but I mean, as far as people watching the game, it would be hard not to uh, to give that to him with getting obviously the win. He only gave up a goal there, and the Jets had well, he came, he okay. saved 25 to 26. So. Yeah, that's uh, that's a pretty good night for him. And then some of them were were pretty good. So, but uh, just talking about the shots. Um, so in the first period, you mentioned the Jets had. Uh, Put up 12 in Buffalo, 4 in the second period, 16 to 8 for uh, Buffalo. So that kind of just killed any margin we had uh, gained on them because then it was even after two periods. And then in the third period, they uh, doubled us again, uh, 10 to 5. And then overtime as well, 2 to 1. So uh, they doubled our shots in the second, third, and overtime periods. I mean, the Jets did really well in the first period, um, but after that it was – it was kind of all, all Buffalo as far as getting some shots in the net. But some sustained pressure was nice. But even sometimes the Jets were keeping their, the pressure on. They still weren't necessarily creating uh, goal-scoring chances, right? You're kind of in the end. But, yeah, you, you want to do something with the puck, right? You don't just want to have it in their end. At some point, you need to take some shots, and those shots need to actually be towards the 6 by 4 cage there or, or 8 by four. What, what is the net? 6 by 4 no six by eight four by five nine sixty nine or 69er. uh
1: sixty nine or hey this is three, three,
0: this is a trivia question to all watching how big is an n h l hockey goal <laughs> I think
1: it's six, isn't it hey isn't it four by six
0: Hey, you know it, it, it sounds sounds about right, yeah,
1: yeah, as intellectual hockey watchers like us, we should know that, but um Let's let's move on to Capitals versus but, Since we're working backwards, I think we uh, I think we covered enough of tonight's game.
0: Yeah. The so just, what the Jets lost in the
1: Western game because we covered that on the interview episode with Marad and Katie.
0: Yeah, which you should all so check we'll, out.
1: Let's that one, which I think was probably one of the most entertaining games of the year. Yeah. So far do you agree?
0: Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I, again, there's parts of this uh, the game tonight that I thought were really, really good. But, yeah, I the, especially uh, I commented after I said it was nice that the Jets beat a quality team because they've, they've really um, kind of, you know, beat up on teams that and I know it's early, and I know that you guys talked about it on the podcast, Marat and Katie, but um, beat up on teams that are not in playoff spots, that are not expected to do that well, that don't have great records, right, that are low down the standings. And uh, so Washington, I mean, I don't think that they're they're uh, killing it or anything, but I mean, they're above 500. They're Stanley Cup champions. They got Ovechkin. They're a decent team um, coming in. I think that they were, or was it? I think they might have won two or three games in a row. I might, you know, i I take that back. Just delete that. Just we'll we'll edit that part out because I don't actually remember. I'm probably getting stuff mixed up because I don't even know how big a hockey goal is. But uh, anyway, yeah, <laughs> they're they're good. They're a quality team and uh yeah so it was nice to actually see them kind of play a pretty complete game i mean there's always areas to improve and we'll kind of nitpick about those but um overall to to be the to better that team feels like a, a nice little accomplishment so
1: well it was just a it was a good game they they played i think one of the best games of the season and you have to against washington like you said they are Stanley Cup champions. They aren't just a team that you can sleep on this year because they they have all the same talent. Yeah. And uh, I know they didn't have Brayden Holtby in that. They had uh, Scenic, Scenic Copeland, I want to say. Probably Copeland. Yeah. Copeland, it doesn't matter. But, no. uh, yeah, and then an uh, emergency going back up, by the way, from Winnipeg.
0: No, the, the those stories always, they don't move me as much as they used to. Because well, those, it, it, it
1: didn't that night because he didn't even have to sit on the bench. He had to sit in the tunnel. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, but I mean, just, like, it, it, we, there's been enough time where some equipment manager had to be the goalie that we've heard that story. So then when it happens or it's some guy from the university team it's like, you know, it's great for them, but it's like, uh, I've also heard this story, you know. Uh, it's obviously a different person every time. But uh, it do, it doesn't move me the same way it used to. Where I'm like, whoa, that's so weird. That's cool. Or that's that's different. Good for him. Or uh, is he going to suck or whatever it is? So when, when that happened, uh, for me, it didn't didn't move the needle of interest one, one iota. And by the way, just so you know, an NHL hockey goal, the opening of the goal is 72 inches wide by 48 inches tall. So it's four feet by six feet is the correct answer. So I was—I think, I, I, think I might have said, I that. I said
1: that. We both said it. We're both winners. What's the prize? Uh,
0: the, How big is a puck? <laughs> this is this is a, a mini trivia episode. How big is a puck? Go. <laughs> four by
1: five. Four? No. Oh, wait, it's a circle. Um, <laughs> I
0: don't know. I think
1: four it's by, four by four is.
0: I think that's it. In-
1: three and a half by three and a half.
0: Yeah, these, are, these are good questions. I'm eating a muffin right now. I mean, this is really bad for, you know, people listening when you hear someone chewing. But why don't you uh, talk for a minute while I chew my food and look up the size of a puck?
1: I just want to know what kind of muffin it is. Oh, this
0: is, these are good questions. Uh, banana, chocolate chip.
1: Oh, you're supposed to not say it and say, that's a trivia question on next episode. <laughs>
0: That's dumb. Actually, here, the literal trivia question here. Um, I don't know if I uh, remember it correctly, so I'm going to look it up. What day was it officially announced that the Winnipeg Jets were coming back to, or the Atlanta Thrashers were coming to Winnipeg? Hey, by the way, an NHL hockey puck is three inches in diameter by one inch tall.
1: Three inches diameter one.
0: Okay. And it's hundred and sixty six grams. <laughs> okay. Well, there you go. It's late Friday night. I mean Ryan are doing a podcast. Okay, so uh what day did the what day did the Winnipeg Jets um when was it official? So everyone out there yell at your answers.
1: May second. That is
0: an answer. I didn't find it yet. It's in May though, 2011. Is that the actual answer?
1: I I don't know. I remember I was driving around with Glenn, another guy who is a regular on this podcast, and we heard it on the radio. It was like 11 o'clock at night.
0: Yeah, yeah. Where were you? Where were you? this is good. I like this.
1: I was. We were. I think we were in Saint Claude or something like that, and we heard it on the radio. That I think Pierre LeBrun said. Hey, we're hearing that the team's going to come back. And uh, the next day, yeah, it was confirmed. It was happening. I called him sick to work. I was working a terrible job. Didn't want to be there anyways. So we drove to Winnipeg and went to the Forks and celebrated. It was a lot of fun.
0: Well, the day that you would have done that was on May 20th, 2011. It was confirmed. Yeah,
1: I said that May May second zero.
0: Yeah, I heard that. I that's what I I heard that. Yeah, uh, confirmed that agreement <laughs> in principle had been reached for True North to purchase the Thrashers. Well, Winnipeg mayor Okay, um, May thirty first at a press conference, uh, Bettman confirmed that the Atlanta Thrashers had been sold to True North. So I think it was May twentieth. I remember where I was. I was in Steinbach working on a construction site. And uh, I came on the radio, and I was like, "What?" And then I immediately called one of my friends and said, "We're getting tickets," and uh, have had season tickets ever since. So that was it. I think it was a little more subdued when we found out the moose were coming back to Winnipeg, though, if I'm not mistaken. I don't remember going to the forks. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't. No, nobody, nobody <laughs> did. Yeah. No. Actually, you know, talk about that. We didn't. Uh, we're. I don't think we're gonna be able to get these people on the show just yet because there's too much stuff in flux but what do you think of the idea of a WHL team coming to to Winnipeg can we can we handle an AHL a WHL and an NHL team here no no no
1: I I think Uh, (laughs) I I think you have to move the moves out right because wasn't there a talk about them going to Thunder Bay.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll give you the lowdown on on what some of that that stuff was, but um, I'm curious uh, if uh, how that would actually affect the MJHL because some would say that you know having a professional team kind of uh, was it the raise the higher tide lifts all boats or something, um, whatever the thing is, but uh, some would definitely argue that having a professional team in Winnipeg hurts. Um, minor hockey, like the MJHL and the MJHL, the and uh, I'm not sure if that would be the case. You live out in Portage or Prairie. Did, do you ever hear kind of uh, stuff like that chatted about or no?
1: I live in Brandon, AJ.
0: Well, for those that don't know, Ryan <laughs> lives in Brandon, and where are you right now? You're in Portage, okay? So um, you live in both <laughs> these places, so don't... I live in both. I split yeah. I my time in both. And you're, um, and you're from Portage. So, anyhow, when the Jets came back, was there a bit of, like, excitement but also uh, nervousness around, you know, the Terriers who have been really wicked for a long time?
1: I don't think so. No. Portage has been, Portage has been good for years and years, and they always have been. They always will um, just because who they have running a team. But it's, it's completely different hockey. Right. I think there's going to be junior A hockey fans. There's going to be pro hockey fans. I don't think there's people who are going to jump ship one way or another. Yeah. I don't think, say, if the Jets were to leave tomorrow, I don't think people are going to start going to Portage Terrier games or MJ games. And if Portage leaves, I don't see them instantly going to jump on the season ticket holder list for the Jets. It's completely different animals. No, it's the same game, but. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I know if you bring back a a dub team to Winnipeg, something has to happen. Yeah. Uh, the moose either have to leave but it will have effects on Winnipeg because they have to leave either way. We don't get a tenant at the iceplex. Right. Well there's
0: there's you chat to them to actually there's chat if a WHL team comes up there would actually play at the University of Manitoba. Um I believe that was uh, the last I, I heard of this but uh, I guess my my concern is you know just for the the junior hockey I think that's uh like the the junior A or the whatever the level below WHL um those teams like I guess probably the Winnipeg Blues would have to move uh move out of the city that would probably just be be too many but um okay so when the Jets Uh, looked at moving the moose here. There was talk of the moons at Thunder Bay. Thunder Bay is still struggling to get um, a new kind of uh, recplex multi-use building built there. And uh, had there been an agreement in place that they were going to do some, uh, something there, I think that they had, uh, they looked at that. The moose, they usually play an exhibition game or two uh, every year in Grand Forks and Fargo. So there was chat of moving them there, but obviously with the strong UND program, um, that probably wasn't I- ideal because, I mean, they have an arena that, you know, fits about 12,000 people, 11,500, and they, you know, are mostly sold out all the time. So I don't think uh, it- there's a-, a huge demand there for it because they have quite high-level hockey. And, I mean, it can work in other places, but Grand Forks isn't exactly um, a big place. Uh, so I-, I-, I don't know if that really would have worked. So there was talk-, talk of Thunder Bay. There was talk of... Um, grand forks and or 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 fargo which also has a ushl team the champions last year they were, the ushl beat the youngstown phantoms in the the finals last year from that, the fargo force sorry um beat them but uh and then there was chat and then these are a couple of the rumors that went around so if you never heard these before they might be kind of interesting to you but um of moving the manitoba moose or i guess it was the ice caps at the time to Saskatoon and then moving the WHL team, the Saskatoon Blades, to Winnipeg and kind of doing a bit of a swap there. So we'd get a WHL team and Saskatoon would get an AHL team. That was the, one of the ideas that was floated before. And then the other idea was the Moose, had the Moose gone somewhere else and we didn't get a WHL team, say if they had just gone to Thunder Bay, there was also chat of getting a second tenant in that would be a lacrosse team. And I guess the lacrosse team they were looking at was the Edmonton, uh, I can't remember what they are called, um, but Edmonton, uh, because they didn't get them, uh, the Edmonton team uh, had moved to Saskatchewan and became the Sa- Saskatchewan Rush or Saskatoon Rush or whatever, and I think they won the championship the next two years, and they get like 15,000 people to their game. So had the Moose not come back to Winnipeg, we probably already would have a WHL team, or we would maybe have a National Lacrosse League uh, team here. And uh, the, the the idea of getting a WHL team has already been looked at. I know that they had looked at the Kootenai Ice before. And I believe that the asking price, they said, the True North said it was just too high of an asking price. And uh, I think it was four four to $5 million, And that was pretty overpriced for a team that was right at the bottom of the barrel and uh, looking to move. So they said it was too rich, and since that time it got bought out by a gentleman, I can't remember, I think it's Greg or Graham or something, and he used to be an executive with uh, True North, and also I believe Craig Heisinger, one of his sons, is in charge of hockey operations with uh, that team now. So I believe they're based in Cranbrook, but they're called the Kootenai Ice, so that's the team that is looking at moving here, but there's already some strong True North ties into that team so it seems like an eventuality that that team is likely going to be moving to uh, Winnipeg or somewhere closer a lot sooner and I wouldn't be surprised uh, personally if the, the moves are on the move but uh, right now I don't think they really have a, a spot for them to go they, they, that, that really makes sense given some of the options that they looked at before. Thunder Bay would be the obvious one if uh, they got their act together but they do not have their act together. So, anyway, there's a there's a little history there of because um, I remember asking around quite a bit when this was happening with some media people. So those were some of the the rumors and ideas that were apparently floated. So uh, maybe some of the listeners might enjoy that, and some of you can call BS on it if you want. But uh, uh, I'm not going to cite cite sources right now. But um, those all kind of pretty reliable uh, information from from reliable sources and or. It was uh, some of it was just public knowledge. Like I mean, Gary Lawless wrote a specific article about uh, the just looking at the Kootenai Ice, I believe, beforehand. So, anyway, yeah, that was True a tangent. North, hey,
1: yeah, I was just going to say, if True North was serious about thinking that Thunder Bay is going to work, yeah, they would just lay down the cash to build a rink themselves. I, don't, I it doesn't cost that much in True North dollars. Um
0: well the, the thing is uh Thunder Bay there there are some articles about it um specifically and they're not looking for a hockey rink they're looking for a multiplex. So there's probably, you know, uh, a big uh weight room and there's probably, you know, an uh two small indoor soccer things with uh two uh uh, two hockey rinks at least and maybe probably a gym or something. So we're not talking about just a rink. We're probably talking something to the scale of the iceplex, And we're talking a huge investment for a farm team that right now, you know, th- it costs them very little having them in the same building. So uh, I don't think they're looking to up their, their costs just so they can bring in a WHL team. So I, I as affording it. Yes. But is it a, Probably a good business decision. Probably not.
1: And that all this talk has quieted down recently. So who knows what's going to happen? Maybe it was just a reporter that pulled the trigger on something that they heard um, prematurely. Uh, who knows?
0: Yeah. Well, there's there's been some some reports uh, lately too. And I, I again, I don't know how I got off completely on this uh, this tangent, but uh, Jim Toth has been um, of uh, TSN 1290 has been. Uh, quote, tweeting a couple uh, other media members about this and uh, making it sound like there is kind of a push to make this happen. And there's something, i trying to remember exactly what it was. I can't find it right now. That was um, just some time-sensitive things where it felt like things would be happening sooner than later. so Anyhow, Right we should wrap this up. I mean, we didn't really review the, the games that well or anything, but whatever, we did. We did what we could. Um, What do we What do we have coming up uh, soon for people to look forward to? Do you know? I know. Do you know? Sorry, what was that? I said, "What do we got coming up soon?" Do you know?
1: Well, we have a game on Monday.
0: Yeah, I'm not (laughs) sorry
1: for interviews.
0: I don't know. Okay, fine. <laughs> well, we've already recorded one with uh, Micah McCurdy, who on Twitter is ineffective math. He's an analytics guy. Alistair uh, had a nice chat with him. Uh, tomorrow, Roddy is doing an interview with Hustler, so those two interviews will probably get smushed into one episode, released likely on Sunday. And then you're right, we do have some, some games. We have four games next week. We've got a back-to-back on Friday, Saturday, and probably in the middle, before those back-to-backs, we'll probably do another little round table with a few more People and we'll chat about the the games that passed, the Vancouver game and the Calgary game, and the week after that we'll probably have Leah Hextall on. I know Max working on something with her. Um, I've been talking to Andrew uh, Berkshire, who does some he's another uh, analytic writer, but he also does some stuff in the pre press, and uh, we're chasing trying to chase down Patrick Williams, just trying to find the right time to to do that. And there's a couple other ones too, which. You know, in the coming weeks, we could look to towards, but uh, some stuff to look forward to. Hustler and Micah, two totally different uh, characters, so that should be a fun uh, contrast of interviews going on there. And uh, I got a,
1: I've got a couple in the works as well.
0: Oh, you Not do?
1: Willing to say names, yeah, but they're very exciting, and I hope we, we can get them on next week or the week after. And uh, yeah, lots of lots of great stuff coming up, so I'm oh. really excited.
0: Oh, I don't even know what names you're talking about. Now we're going to have to end this, and I'm going to, I am going gonna—I want to find out. <laughs> Are you going to tell me or no?
1: Um, yeah.
0: Okay, sounds good. Okay, well, uh, let's wrap up here. Uh, thanks for listening to us. I know this was a little chaotic. Ryan and I just kind of going at this, but we've been talking about podcasting for the last hour and a half, and then we decided to record something. And it's, uh, what, what is it, 1.30 in the morning. So uh, we did the best we could. Don't hate us. Come back. We'll promise to be better next time.